Hello, you're listening to The Joys of Teaching Literature. We're talking about teaching high school English and all the fun things that go with that. Uh, this time of year is always, um, you know, I actually think it's um, really fun. I'll, I'll kind of talk about this time of year a little bit more in the in the podcast. Um, but if you want to know more about me, I have a website, theteacherswork.shop.com, where I offer online professional development for high school English teachers. Um, so let's get right into it. Um, the title of this podcast is the personal philosophical, we'll call it the, the three P's, uh, the personal philosophical and political response to literature. Um, so yeah, like I, I kind of said before, um, what I'm, my whole thing is, you know, how can we really enjoy teaching? How can we uh, have good relationships with our students, uh, go into school really excited, not work ourselves to the bone to do so? Um or, you know, spending all of our time lesson planning and grading essays and doing all the things that we do, but rather just enjoy the process and uh, have a good laugh with our students and uh, make school a place where there's rigor and it's, you know, serious thing. Obviously, our jobs are super important. We want kids to be able to think and write. This is a central part of really the all of everything we that happens in the world from how we consume news to how we communicate with, you know, our, our people who are in a relationship with our families, uh, how we express ourselves, how we stand up for what's right. Um, you know, we want critical thinking is the foundation of, of everything that's good about our world. So we don't want to take this lightly. Um, and actually, that's that's really, in essence, what, what this particular sort of episode is about. So the three Ps are the, uh, the personal, the philosophical, and the political. So that's basically... Uh, one additional way that we can ask our students to uh, write about literature. So I think for the most part, you know, I, I have a sort of certain pattern that I have gotten in the habit of doing as far as my sort of writing program or the teaching writing philosophy that I have, which is to basically start with poetry, um, go into to usually Shakespeare or a play, and then head into short fiction where we do a lot of close reading early on in the year so that we can basically just pick and choose the moments we want to sort of look at different metaphors, metonymies, synecdoche, personification, apostrophe, simile, parallel structure, all that fun stuff that is the sort of tools of a, of a writer and what makes magic, you know, really magical and wonderful. Uh, and then I head into the novels. Um, you know, but once we do the novels, then we can do you know that, those kinds of close readings and passages in the novel where we look at a, clo- a passage from a novel and then connect it to the larger sort of plot structure. And I always um, teach my novels where I, I'll ask my students to read first before they uh, sort of talk about a novel so we can talk about topics rather than just go chapter by chapter. So when we look at a passage in a novel, we can really talk about the end of the book, the beginning of the book, and just do a lot of different things with a single passage in a book. And then towards the end of the year, as we as you go through that, and of course throughout, um, you know, if it's a short story unit, if it's a poetry unit, I'm scattering creative writing throughout all of that, and I'm also asking them to write about nonfiction, informational text, just random topics. Again, scattered throughout that, but the foundation of what I do is to basically read and interpret novels. I think that's really important, important part of rigor, and it's important part of having really good conversations. We have to pick really good quality novels. You know, it's really important. Um, but it's and then toward the end of the year, um, especially because I teach seniors, a lot of them are going to college. I have a uh, sort of read a little bit of a research project where they had to sort of read some literary criticism. 
uh, look at what other people are saying about the book and sort of think about what they want to say about the book. And I talk about, you know, originality and plagiarism and all that. It's like an important lesson to learn before they go to college, just like how to how to read somebody else's writing about a topic and come up with your own thing. So we, I go through all of that. That's our kind of final end of the year. It's before the AP exam. Um, that's our final sort of essay. We spend about a week or two um, just completing that completely in class. I walk them through the whole thing. I had some other podcasts about that. So now, now it's fun time. You know, it's fourth quarter uh, in New Jersey. And so I know people are different at different points of the year. So I get really, really creative at the end of the year, which I'll probably have some podcasts about that coming up. But I've had podcasts about that before, but project-based learning and creative ways um, to, end, to end the school year. So you can kind of look those up if you want. I might get into that. I'm doing something a little bit different at the end of this year, so I'll probably talk about that. I'm doing a sort of expanding a podcast unit um, as a culminating sort of project of uh, what I'm calling free literacy blocks, where the students kind of a lot of free time to basically pursue um, their own project. So um, we also dabble in video essays and different things like that. So might get to that later. Um, but you know, at this point, it's we're still doing novels. We're doing uh, we're finishing up Kite Runner. Uh, <laughs> I decided to not do Great Expectations and Emma by Jane Austen, which I usually do with my AP students. And I don't know since the pandemic, I've kind of tried to make life easier for everybody. Just to, and especially now that it's the spring, I usually do those novels early. But I had some text that I replaced it with. So anyway, so I did. I kind of brought in kite, kite runner to the AP curriculum for the first time. That's usually not something I do with AP students. Uh, and then Exit West, which is a really fun book to do at the end of the year. It's magical realism. Um, so yeah, you know, I'm I'm just more concerned with meaningful writing, whatever that means. That's the word I've been sort of thinking about a lot lately. It's like how do we how do we allow students to create meaning out of uh, literature, you know, because that's really the heart and soul of what we want. I mean, interpreting literature is an exercise that's important because it will help you interpret anything, right? If you want to interpret a movie, sociology, history, psychology, no matter what you're reading, you want to be able to present evidence and, and have organized writing. We just use novels as the sort of, you know, most complicated writing that exists, really. And that's why we study it. And that's why it's like, that's why it's literature. That's why we're listening to the joys of teaching literature because it has so many different moving parts and different threads to kind of follow and keep track and different webs to kind of keep track of characters, um, different you know events to kind of connect to each other and grow, you know, the growth of character, the growth of an idea. It has all these things that you know, you'll see some of that in nonfiction. I've read some really great nonfiction like anybody has. Um, we really dive deep into all the variety of different ideas that are out in the world. And it's great because it's, it's meaningful because it's real. You know, in some ways it's kind of automatically meaningful because it's got this presence in the real world. But um, fiction is this complicated space of consciousness and imagination and all of that. Um, so, <laughs> long introduction, the basic, the three Ps are basically my uh, option, the three options that I'm giving. So I'm going to give a couple of different options. I'll talk about that in a second, but the three different options that I'm giving for this writing assignment. So rather than just say, Hey, write an F today on kite runner. And I, you know, I don't normally do this, um, 
predictably. You know, I, I probably will announce the prompt to my students before, but it's not always good to say start a unit with, hey, we're going to end up ta- just talking about your personal experiences at the end of this because some of, you know, keeping class engaged and on task is that they use their notes to write the essay. And so they think they need to like, take really meticulous notes the whole time. So it's not, you know, you want to be kind of unpredictable with what kind of writing assignments that you give at the end of a unit. You could always give two as well, like separate the, the writing assignments where you give one assignment in one period where they write a, an essay using the, the notes that they've gathered in class and then they write another essay on something lighter. But in this case, I'm basically just going to combine it into one essay um, where you have half the essay on the novel. And then, and I, when I say essay, you know, for me, it's, I really like just doing it in one class period. Again, I have other assignments that, that, that will take two weeks, but in this case, I think I'm going to try to get it done in 45 minutes. And so, you know, and that it should be doable because it's not a lot of evidence gathering, um, but they're going to talk about the, the novel itself in the first paragraph, maybe like the first half of a single, single spaced page. I mean, it depends on what kind of students you have and how much they can write in one 45 minute period. Um, and then the second half of the essay it will be on one of these three P's. Uh, so I'll, I'll, I'll get to that. Um, so before creative projects, sorry, so I'm just like sort of looking over what I want to say. All right, so I'm just going to get to it. Yeah, it's covered everything I wanted to say. Um, sorry. Uh, so the so yeah, so the well, let's just go over the topics in Kite Runner first. So the four topics that I and I covered a lot of different topics in the novel, but the four that I want them to write on that we've already talked about in class are uh, place. So we looked at Afghanistan as this, you know, we also t- sort of talked about the politics of the place, but I'm sort of wrapping that up in that topic, hoping maybe they'll talk about that, but, and the history of Afghanistan, but also of California and the United States, um, Pakistan, he, he's in for for a little while in the novel. And so how do all these places, you know, just to give a good example, right? Uh, but one of the characters, Father Baba, picks up uh, some dirt from the ground in Afghanistan and puts it in his pocket uh, before they leave uh, for America. So that's a little bit of an introduction to what this, the idea of a, you know, what a place can represent to somebody. It's something that they want to take with them and hold with them and that has a physical presence in their lives and something that's an important part of their identity, right? Um, so that's one topic, place. Uh, Family is the next one. So in that book, like any book, I think, there's always this sort of interesting thing where a child has these experiences when they're young and then they have this impact on them when they grow up to be an adult, right? And so that's something that students will have. All of these topics I'm picking because students should have a lot to write about there, right? The places that they've traveled, right? Uh, Family. And then the third one is faith. So that can be the faith, the faith that you have in another person, faith in an idea, you know, belief. It's a belief. So do, what do you believe in? Uh, and then, of course, religion and spirituality is wrapped up in that too. Uh, and then the last topic is, that's an option is memory. So we talked about the psychology of the book and how the unconscious and unconscious mind works and trauma, you know, and how negative memories can do something to us and positive memories can do something to us. And it's this complicated book that he's constantly having these memories and dreams even uh, that are either propelling him in the right or wrong direction. And sometimes negative memories propel him in the right direction. Sometimes positive memories will propel him in a bad direction, sometimes in a good direction. So it's this kind of complicated back and forth. So those are the four topics. So they can pick between those four topics. Um, and then there's the, the three P's. So let's go through these three P's. So the first one is 
the first option. So this, this is like the second, <laughs> to be clarified, the second half. So they're going to write about that topic. All right, so they're going to kind of start probably with a thesis statement and just get into their... So what I'm doing is going to require uh, three quotes in that first paragraph. So kind of like a body paragraph. So we're not doing a full-blown essay, but we're going to do kind of one body paragraph where you introduce the topic by talking about the novel, Kite Runner. And then there's going to be this smooth transition to the second paragraph. And this is actually something I normally do anyway with a conclusion. So... Uh, all three of these sort of factors, the personal, the political, and the philosophical, uh, maybe less the philosophical, um, are what I tell my students to write about all the time in the conclusion. So they can, but they quick, I, I suggest that they quickly write about it for a sentence or two um, just to make that connection to something more meaningful or relevant or outside of the text. It's got to be something that's not in the text. I, I don't think the conclusion is a place to talk about the text. I think you've done that. Um, the writer should have done that and co covered everything they wanted to say about the text in all of the body paragraphs in the introduction. I think you're kind of done and you're wrapping things up and trying to produce something more meaningful in the conclusion. So this is just a, a way of expanding the conclusion, giving students a little bit more time to do what I expect them to do in a very short amount of time in a, in a, in a single paragraph with maybe a couple of sentences. You know, Because again, a lot of my essays are in class. I don't like to give homework, so they don't have a lot of time to write a conclusion always. But it's a really important thing. It's, I mean, it's, what, it's why we teach literature. We want our kids to think about what the book means in today's world, in their world, in their lives, right? So let's, we're just giving them an opportunity to kind of expand on that and to write about that, not just in a small paragraph, but in, a, in for, for half the essay. You know, and it doesn't have to be a page. I'm just doing a page because, again, we have really short periods, 45-minute periods. If it was a block period and I had, you know, I think we have 70 minutes on our block period, then I might expect a little bit more. Um, but I think it's fine. I think kids, they like just having a short amount of time to, to wrap up a unit and not spend, you know, a lot of their effort and time. There's too much, at some point, there's too much assessment, right? You know, I don't like taking away from learning. Learning is the most important thing. The testing is not. And writing, you know, you could argue practicing writing is really important and you want to be in the habit of writing frequently and developing your skills and getting feedback and really improving on it. And I get all that. But the, the 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 most important thing in writing well is is to exchange ideas to read and talk about the the things that you've read and then the writing's easy and can happen quickly um say if you if you spend two weeks on on writing assignment <laughs> you know you'd have to spend a month and a half or two months preparing students for that right you don't want to like write or assess or test more than you're learning. <laughs> you want to spend most of your time learning. So anyway, uh, the first one is the personal. So that's the first P. The, so that's where they basically expand and tell a story about their life. So you're talking about a little bit of narrative writing here, personal writing, um, you know, autobiography, memoir, all these different sort of genres that are more formal. But we're just asking them to pick, you know, to, to say like, all right, so look at the three passages or even a single passage that you looked at with Kite Runner. And think about a story from your own life that compares to that moment. What has somebody done in your life that's similar to to uh, that um, series of events in the book? Like what 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 what's comparable? Um, what has, did somebody say something to you? Did you you know um, did, you know did we, you know like I'll give you kind of quick easy example. Right, Amir is not his sort of athletic manly type that his father wants. Um, 
he's but he wins this kite fight <laughs> and that his father's super excited about that because that's something he won when he was a kid and it kind of makes him I, you know it's it's artificial it's not really going to last long but ultimately uh it does sort of bridge this gap between them um and so sports are a good example for kids right like they didn't make the team or they were really disappointed in that or maybe they had a really successful you know they scored the winning goal or something it was, it was something similar to winning that kite tournament uh, that's just one example right but they can kind of ex- expand on some of the, th- the lessons they learned from those kinds of experiences whether it be sports or traveling somewhere uh, something like that um they could, yeah, they could, they could, I mean, think about even if they pick the topic of place, I mean, that's why I kind of expanded on those topics. I mean, the topics were place, family, faith, or memory. So if they wanted to talk about a place that they traveled with their family, they could talk about America even. So right, if, if, if yeah, Amir is talking, not even just travel, I went to this country and experienced this, this, that, and the other thing it was similar to what Amir experienced. But it could be I moved to another town. Amir moved, you know, to America for the first time. A lot of my kids are immigrants. Um, and so they have that experience. And so they can basically just expand on that experience, tell that story, and link their own, the details of their own experience with what it, you know, you're, you're basically asking them to write like Husseini did, like right, the writer of the novel. Like, what did he think about? What were his memories of traveling to America? And are they similar to yours in some way? Maybe it's not a new country. Maybe it's they, somebody moved to another town. Or maybe, again, maybe it's just regular traveling where you went, the student went to New York City for the first, you know, we were close to New York City. They went to New York City for the first time on a train, something like that. Um, and it, you know, really had this incredible impact on them. Um, you know, or they saw poverty for the first time. That was a part of, you know, returning to Afghanistan. Uh, for a mirror. So yeah, they could write about those experiences and become a writer themselves. This is really what we want them to do, right? We want them to become writers themselves. That's the sort of the point of reading is to be able to be a storyteller yourself. And so you're just giving students the opportunity to be those storytellers of their own lives rather than just sit back and, and read somebody else's story, right? So they're finding meaning. And this is, you know, a creative, a kind of creative writing assignment. Uh, but it is, it is also very much an interpretation of the book they're just they're interpreting it through the lens of their own life um you know in kite runner afghanistan and california function as as symbols of amir's identity so you know almost every student has a story about think about family obviously faith um what their relationship with faith their feelings about faith and spirituality not even in relation to religion just what is your what are your feelings about spirituality and the idea that you're like connected to other people and you know, that sort of thing. And then memory, of course, too. That's like that's almost too big, right? Like you're asking a student to kind of go through and say, okay, so how does this single memory uh, been an echo in your life where it just keeps kind of coming back into your head and it's something that, that, you, that you remember over and over again? Or how has a single memory impacted a decision that you made in your life, right? It's a really complicated, cool kind of thing to do. Uh, instead of just interpreting literature. And it's not just interpreting literature, because I think interpreting literature is really, really important for our kids to develop a, like a moral foundation for who they are, to, to understand you know, human behavior and all the different things that are happening when we interpret a novel. Um, but you're really expecting them to do that on a personal level. That's the first P. So the second P is philosophical. And I, when I say philosophical, I don't mean like, you know, excessive academic language that's talking in circles, right? I love philosophy, but it can be daunting and really challenging, right? I think I mean it in the kind of light 
way that yeah, you know, honestly, it's the way that kids use the term when they when when a child uses the term philosophy. You know, they're not thinking about some of the academic stuff you might get into college. You know, like Newton or whatever, Whitehead. Uh, you, you're going to start thinking about. Um, you know, we like when we do to the lighthouse, we talk about Whitehead and Virginia Woolf, um, you know, and how she was reading these philosophers from her time period. And, you know, I even talk a little bit about like Einstein as this sort of, you know, interesting sort of philosophical writer who's had to try to explain his concepts in layman's terms for people and stuff like that. Um, metaphysics is like interesting branch of philosophy. So we're not talking about all of that stuff, even though I think that does have a place in the, in the curriculum too, uh, depending on where you teach, you know, it can be kind of heavy at times. And, but, you know, kids, I think do get into it, but, but when you hear a student, like a, like a teenager use the word philosophy, that's more about what we're, we're, we're talking about, you know, like the Ben Folds song, you know, I've got my philosophy. Um, and so, Really, yeah, it just means kind of musings on ideas and life, right? It's just like sort of really open-ended way of saying just talk about the philosophy or the ideas. What are the ideas of this book? And just explore those ideas. Uh, they can write freely. They don't need to cite evidence for this, just like you wouldn't cite evidence in, when you tell a story. You're, in a way, you're you're gathering the kind of facts of the narrative that you're talking about. But, um, you know, it's also, um, you know, something that... Uh, doesn't require a lot of statistics or anything like that. They can just kind of talk openly and 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 sort of freewheel, you know, their thoughts on a on a topic. Say like you know their understanding of the psyche, their understanding of spirituality, and what it means to be connected to other people. Um, you know what the word family even means. You know, our, our definition of of the word family is evolving and changing and. What, you know, who's in your family and what does that mean? Even Nero's family, right? He, his mother dies, you know, and he doesn't even know her. Um, his father has had this affair uh, with his servant's wife, right? And, and so he's got this stepbrother um, that uh, he didn't even know existed his whole life, which is kind of crazy. And then he adopts, I don't want really to give too much of the story away, but <laughs> I kind of just did. Sorry, spoiler alert, <laughs> belated spoiler alert. Um, so yeah, like it's complicated. Like what he defines as a family is, is complicated. So I'm, I'm sure a lot of kids have that story to tell about, you know, what it, what that word family means. Again, that could dabble in the personal sort of element here, but it also could just be an exploration, like not even a discussion of their family, but just, again, just writing about the concept of family without mentioning their family, right? Um, or even just... You know, again, I think all three of these topics kind of intersect with each other, but places, you know, to philosophize about a place um, and nature, um, you know, that sort of thing. That's what we, we want these kids to do is explore ideas. All right. So then the political one, and you could explore an idea like suffering or joy or integrity or a, the conscience, um, you know, imagination, right? There's There's ideas that you can sort of, you know, depending on whatever book that you're reading, right? Depends on the topics that you're giving your students. Um, but in this, so yeah, it doesn't necessarily lend itself to my four topics, but it could for you in your case. Um, and then the third option that they can write about is the political. So the, you know, when I say politics, I don't mean just like government and, you know, politicians, because um, those are, <laughs> you know, they're clowns 99% of the time. <laughs> 
<laughs> whoever your you know, one person is that you like, good for them. <laughs> we all have our one person that we like, and the rest of them can, uh, <laughs> you know, they don't get anything done. So we're, we're not going there. But either way, it's not just, when I say politics, it's not politicians. They can talk about um, power, class, status, race, history, culture, nationality, ethnicity, religion, money, rhetoric, uh, art, memoir, statistics, videos, essays, television, economic, sociolo- sociology, war, uh, right? They're just like sort of your nonfiction topics that have statistics attached to them. And, you know, this is, I guess, like a synthesis essay where it's like sort of combining um, like nonfiction, I guess in this case with fiction, um, like intertextuality, I think it was a term somebody came up with to describe, you know, talking about two texts and how they sort of interact. Um, but in this case, it doesn't need, I don't think it necessarily needs to have, a, you don't have to cite a source, I don't think. It just, it could be just information that, you know, like a, a story from the news, like anything in the news can be considered political. Uh, and the news covers all kinds of different stuff, right? If you go to the New York Times and just go to their website, it's there's tons and tons of different things that are technically considered politics, right? Sports, education, you know, art, music, uh, all those things, anything that's like bigger than just, you know, a per, a person's individual life or, you know, again, wrestling with various concepts, that's the that's the philosophical sort of option where there's wrestling with ideas. This would be like wrestling with the real world um, and the world that we live in, right? So that's kind of your third option. So it's like me, the world, and then ideas, abstract ideas are basically the three angles uh, that you can have, you know, you could, they could talk about television series like Netflix series or something on Amazon or HBO uh, that they're watching that that connects to. The, again, this is something I tell them that the, that they should be doing in their conclusion is to sort of talking about well, how does this relate to the news? How does it relate to you know a series that you're watching on television right now or something from history? Um, like where's the intersection there? Uh, and so they're, you're just giving them the opportunity to expand on that and to talk about that Netflix series a little bit more and to make the connection to the to the kite runner. Um, although I think they can be separate. I think the two paragraphs can be completely separate from each other. There just needs to be a little bit of a transition between the two. Um, yeah, so students might forget about their interpretation of literature, right? <laughs> when they grow up, they're not going to remember, oh, that's what I thought about kite runner. Um, they're going to remember if they like the book and they're going to remember the book, but... They were not going to forget when they what they wrote down, um, what it really meant, right? How it relates to the world and their experiences. This kind of assignment encourages students to write about the same things in life that we have conversations about. All right, thanks for listening, everybody. Um, I would really appreciate it if you could uh, review the show so I can get a word out about the show. Uh, so I'm not just talking into the darkness here in my basement, <laughs> surrounded by all my books. Um, so if you enjoy this show, please give us a review wherever you get your podcast. Thank you very much.